Hey everybody, welcome to Making It. It's episode 125, and I'm Bob Claggett, here with Jimmy Durant. I was just about to try and like do like my vocal my vocal uh, testings to make sure that I'm not... <laughs> I'm joking around. It's, t- it's in the morning, and I wasn't ready to talk. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah. hi. How are you guys? Welcome. <laughs> Good. Hi. Hi. What is it called? Well, my, what do you call that when you like you do your vocal... Warm-up? Vocal warm-up. That's I couldn't think of that word. Yeah, so I'll do my vocal warm-up while I'd say hi. Good morning. Well, go ahead and do it. We can <clears throat> edit it out. Wink, wink. <clears throat> me, 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 me. Beautiful. That's it. Beautiful. It's my warm-up. Okay. Mm. And we also have David Picciuto. What's up? Hey, guys. Hey. I'm sorry to make you do this in the morning. Mm. It's okay. It's the only time I could do it today. You know what? This is perfect because once it's done, then we got the whole day. Yep. Yeah. It is actually not bad at all. Yeah. And there's coffee, so that, you know. That's good. <laughs> Absolutely. And actually, after this, um, we're going to put our house on the market to sell. That's pretty cool. <gasps> Today? Yeah. No kidding. Yep. Yeah. Our Congrats. agent's coming by, and we're going to sign the papers and do all that stuff. And I've been, like, uh, doing a bunch of stuff to it this weekend, getting, you know, like, fixing things, and still a lot left to do, but trying to get it prepped, get it ready. Your, uh, the room that you're recording in looks cleaned out. Does it? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I see it one. Shouldn't. I see one partially empty shelf. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. That, that's a box that's probably on the floor. It's yeah. No, I, I yeah. We haven't started really packing anything in here. I have a bunch of containers. I have a bunch of stuff to pack, but I haven't packed anything yet. Hmm. But it's I'm down to where I've got basically two more projects, and one is almost finished, and then one more to build in the shop here, and that's it. So. After oh. that, everything's getting packed up, which is kind of weird to see that end, you know, like to see yeah. like, I got to make this one other thing and then it's all got to go. So. Yeah, I think I'm done. No. I'm done in the city. I don't think this, there's absolutely nothing I could build in New York anymore. There's no tools there. And then come Wednesday, everything else will be out, more or less any power tools, except for the tables and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Jimmy, you didn't seem very emotional because you said you were ready to move on. I'm wondering if Bob... If it's going to be a little emotional on that that last table saw cut, <laughs> I don't know so much about the in the shop um, because I'm so looking forward to the new place that we're going. I think right. it, moving the house will be emotional because like three of our kids have been born since we've been in this house. You know, there's just a, mm-hmm. a lot. We've been here for nine plus years, something like that. So mm-hmm. a lot of memories for that that stuff. But it's funny. I I grew up in the house that. I never left the house that I was raised in. I only ever lived in that house until I lived in the city. So hmm. as a kid, that house has got memories from far back as I could possibly remember are all in that house. And my mother still lives there. So it's interesting. And my brother, my brother has moved several times. Both my brothers have moved several times. So their kids won't have that same exact memory. Yeah. yeah. So Just interesting to think, you know, I, I never, had, I never, I didn't grow up doing that moving, not even one time. Hmm. So, I don't know. If that's a good thing it, or a bad thing, but yeah, it's just it's just a thing. Just a thing. I mean, it's so, just a thing. Because you know, like we've got so many friends who are either in the military or they grew up in the military. Oh, yeah. uh, because there's an air, an army air base here, so there's a lot of military that comes through, and so we'll get to hang out with people for a couple of years and then they'll move on. And it's really interesting to see how their kids uh, are affected by moving. Some of them, it's it's pretty hard. You know, every couple of years, over and over. And some of them, it's just part of their life, and it's not a big deal. And you know, they move on, and they're okay with it. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, my kids are, they're kind of, they're handling it well so far, but we haven't actually moved yet. So when we start to actually leave, that'll be the real test of how they deal with it. But the good thing is we're, we're not going to a place where we don't know anybody, you know, we're going to toward family. So I think that's good. will probably help the transition. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, 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 what are you guys working on? Jimmy, you have nothing else to bring out of the city, I suppose. Yeah, no, I, I, we last night we unloaded uh, the most recent truckload, and I have to start on my Rockler video, which is also a little bit late. I'm going to build a set of shelves here in the house, so today I'm going to try and gather up some material and organize, shop organize. Brett, who's been helping me, Brett is, is at the shop today while we're here, and he's going to be on back unboxing stuff. The goal every day is to empty boxes, so it's like... How many how many empty crates? So that's like sort of that's the the measure of progress. How many empty crates can we produce at the end of, of each unpacking day? And unpacking and making things are now a, a combined effort every day. And it's still logistically. <laughs> I'm like I, I still have to go back to the city, and then this week I'm going to drive out to Oklahoma. So you know it's, it's everything's a little bit up in the air. But come July, I think everything will be settled. I'm looking forward to that. I finally saw Brett's video of your shop. Like, oh, yeah. I'm way behind in video, so I'm watching oh, yeah. everything, like, three weeks late. That was really cool. Oh, right on. He's going to start really shooting another that. shop update today. It's funny. I just I did a sign, which I'm waiting for the final end before I edit, uh, finish the video, and I just kind of scrolled through it quickly before we started, and I'm like, oh, wow, look at that big empty place. And now it's completely jammed with stuff. A sign video <laughs> that I made in the new shop a couple weeks ago, and there was shelves on the wall but there was nothing in the shelves and now the shelves are like cascading with tools and power cords and stuff so it's funny it's like visual visual busyness is, is taking over again is it going like you want it to go or are you like oh no it's happening again <laughs> oh no no it's it's I, I, it's it's like it's me it's like the color of my eyes it's like i can't <laughs> oh, gotcha. I, I, I really do look at stuff and think like, oh, I don't need that. And then I look at it and I'm like, oh, wait, I actually do need this. And then I'm like, wait, is this mental illness or do I really need this? I really have to like ask myself every single time. <laughs> I think it's a little of both. Hmm. <laughs> could be. It could be a little of both. But yeah. once I get settled, uh, I, I've given a lot of tools away, believe it or not, and, and a lot of material. And once I get settled and I really look at it and I have like 13 jigsaws and seven routers i'm really going to take a look and say like okay i'm going to make a pile of giveaway stuff mm. i need the room and even though i have a lot of room right now it's i i could still park like four or five cars in there and you know do things i never in my life ever could have done before but i definitely don't want it to get out of hand so got to get a pallet and you know make a pallet shelf and there's a lot there's a lot to do but it's it's once i'm out of the city i can be here and relax it's going to be a it's going to be a relaxing to do list. It won't be a, a hurried to do list like it is now. So mm. it's interesting how we can talk about this in a little bit, but how that the the stress and timing of moving makes it less efficient because you have to just like okay, we just got to move everything. We'll go through it later. Yeah. I will, Whereas if you had time to go through it now, that would make it a lot easier. Well, I kind of we did. It wasn't like I got like a tremendous like like it would have been like an eighteen wheeler full of stuff and then just dumped in this up here. I don't know what would have been better. I don't know. I, I feel like this was better because I, I was able to cull through and give a lot of stuff away as I went through it slowly. And I'm just, I thought that I'd be able to unpack and keep things a little bit more organized as I went. But it's like we're, we're unloading the truck at one or two in the morning because it just drove up here and then we deal with it 
anyway, I mean, things is definitely moving along, and I'm just optimistic knowing that the hard part is over. Now it's going through stuff and just organizing it. Having shelves helps because I didn't have a lot of shelves, and up here, I, I put together a couple sets of shelves, and then all of a sudden, I'm able to empty like eight boxes. So if I put up another set of shelves, I'll be able to empty like another eight or ten boxes. So that really helps. Nice. Well, David, what about you? Well, uh, I put out a mallet video a few days ago, and it was a it was a fun video. I had I got this piece of coconut palm a couple of years ago from this place called Kime Lumber, which is if you ever have a chance to visit this place, it's in Eastern Ohio. It is the most beautiful woodworking supply store you will ever see and when i say beautiful i'm talking like hardwood floors beautiful doorways to enter the building and it's like multi-floors and it's just this huge place and um great place to get just look at woodworking tools and uh, while i was there i picked up this piece of coconut palm which is just crazy crazy beautiful and out of this one board i've made a picture frame a hand plane and then uh, the other day i made a, a little wooden mallet and it was kind of a um, a last second mallet, so mallard. Can we call it a mallard? <laughs> yeah, I noticed a couple of the comments uh, people were asking. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, last Tuesday, well, last Monday when we were recording the podcast, I said, hey, I'm making this bandsaw box. And then on Tuesday, we started making that bandsaw box, and I screwed it up really bad. And normally I show my mistakes in the video, but this time I didn't want to because I was showing how to make this bandsaw box from my book step by step. <laughs> oh. And I messed it up and I was like, I, I can't release this. And so we're like, what are we going to do? The day's ruined. And, uh, I'm just going through my list. I'm like, I can make a mallet in three hours. Let's, let's do it. And, uh, it was a last second project and I think it came out pretty good. It's a really cool looking mallet. How hard is that wood? It's pretty dense. It's heavy and dense. Oh, cool! I didn't realize that. It looks, uh, it's got like big open, like cells in it. It's, 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 it's. The, they're filled, so it's, it's solid. So there's no, there's no texture to oh, it. Oh, okay. Is it, is it infused with colors. like a resin? Is that what? Is it one of those type of things? It's, it's just all natural. Oh, okay, wood. okay. It's just like it, it's dark, and then it has these little light streaks mm -hmm. of, of wood in there. Yeah. Oh, cool! I thought it was porous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've been um, looking at a bunch of uh, wooden flooring because we're going to put in hardwood floors in the new house. And it's been interesting. Like, I thought I knew a lot about, well, not a lot. I thought I was decently aware of different types of wood. But then once I've started looking at different brand of flooring, you know, each brand has, like, certain species that they carry. And then within those species, they have different colors, whether they'll stain them and stuff. But it's funny because there's a bunch of different woods that I thought I knew what they looked like, like teak, for instance, I think of a single teak and because my experience with teak has looked like a certain type of wood, but there's a bunch of different types. There's like Brazilian teak and there's like one from China and there's different ones and they all have a very different look to them. Um, anyway, through looking through these different websites and different types of flooring, I'm just surprised at how many different looks mm. of wood, like that coconut palm, you know, where there's like something that's really unique that I've just never seen before. Like, why have I never seen acacia <laughs> like that? Like, the acacia is beautiful, and I've never seen it before. I've heard the name, but I've never actually seen it used in anything. But man, it's it's gorgeous. Is that what so, you went with? 
No, we still haven't actually decided. Um, uh-huh. The there's a bunch of variables to it. <laughs> it's probably not <laughs> worth the conversation here. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the acacia stuff is is really really pretty, but it's also very figured. There's a lot going on in it. It's, it can be kind of high contrast, and depending on you know what room you're putting in, how big the space is, we're trying to decide like, do we want it to be kind of do we want the floor to be like the center point or do we want it to be the, the thing that you don't really notice because it's just pretty mm-hmm. and it's there and whatever. So anyway, um, yeah, we're doing that. But um, yeah, so this week we have been doing a lot of stuff for the house, spending every night looking for floors, trying to figure out like our kitchen. There's a bunch of renovation stuff we're going to do. And so it's just we're at the point now where we're not actually in the house. So we can't start pointing at things and be like, yeah, let's move this to here. We're all, like working in SketchUp and from memory, and you know we're trying to decide like, you know, which floor would look best in which room, and mm. you know just all that stuff. It's it's kind of weird. And then we're at a place where we we want to pack everything, but we can't really pack everything because we're still not going to really move anything for a couple more weeks. So you can't just put everything in your life in boxes until it needs to go out the door. So yeah, it's been mm. interesting. But I'm making a big piece of furniture right now that is half well almost half the length of my shop and so it is very difficult and i mean you know how this is both of you but it's very difficult to work on something that big in a small space it's on top of my table saw and my assembly table and it hangs over both of them about a foot and a half it's just it's such a pain and it's heavy so you know that was my moving life around or do anything to it yeah that was yeah. my life for a long time yeah and now, so, but I'm getting through it. I mean, you know, I'm working on it. Yeah. What were you saying? I said that that was my life for a long time, and now I have room to have like seven. I know it's going to happen. I'm going to have like seven or eight projects just sitting like in islands <laughs> around the room. That's what I'm nervous yeah. about. But no, it's that's not bad though. I mean, you could because then you can bounce from thing to thing. You know, do a little bit here, a little bit there. There's, there's, there's <clears throat> there can never be enough room. I, I'm, I'm look so looking forward to getting into this place and working. I mean, I've done a few projects already and. It's just been yeah. so convenient to just have like a huge area to just like set up horses and be like, okay, this will be my workstation for this project. And then once it's done, you go away and then you have the clean floor again. It's yeah. It's been really, really amazing. I'm kind of going back and forth on the new shop about like how much I want to dedicate. I think we may, we may have already talked about this. It's early, so I'm sorry if we have. But um, how much I want to dedicate to like fixed shop space and how much I just want to leave just not you know like yeah. space yeah. and just have space yeah. like I, to test things if I'm, you want to make something or set a chair up or even what's really nice about having a lot of space like we're going to ultimately have is uh, photographs and also shooting a mm-hmm. scenario could even make yeah. it could even make a phony wall I mean a funny thing what Brett and I talked about doing is now that I have all these beautiful empty walls just shooting like 20 minutes of the brick wall like 15-10 minutes of the brick wall that I have in my basement and then just doing a big green screen and up here. So I could <laughs> yeah. do a green screen shot of like a piece of furniture and then just place it in my workshop basement. We'll just shoot different scenarios of lighting and see if any of them huh. work. So that, that was an idea. That's, That's one of the last things we're going to do before we leave the shop the next month or this month. If you do that, make sure you record, you know, like where the light's coming from, the height of it, oh, yeah. the height of like, yep. where the camera is. That's what that I'm saying. We're going to do a lot of different moods and stuff for sure. Huh. <clears throat> 
it's it's a thought. Idea. We'll see. I, I, yeah. When I had my, I, there was years and years and years ago before I, I did anything on YouTube, I had a really big shop and I did have a green screen backdrop. I was just experimenting at the time. I didn't really have an outlet for my video experimentation. In, in this move, I found two old computers and I know they have early video projects on them. So I'm going to try and see if I can extract them. But <clears throat> I had a green screen and it was fun to play with a green screen. And Final hmm. Cut Pro makes it really easy to, to, to experiment with green screen stuff. Right. So, just doing like that. Yeah. I, I did think about doing something similar to that. I hadn't really gone as far as the green screen, but in the new shop, like, one of the rooms that I want to try to build is more of a studio-type room, you know, where I can set up, have, like a, like, a clean room that is decorated so it has, like, a prettier, less distracting backdrop. Maybe pretty is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I may still try to do that. But uh, yeah, the big thing for me is like I'm, I'm just trying to convince myself how important it will be in six months or a year to not fill up every inch of every inch. You know, I just like because the tendency would be like, oh, great, I've got room. I should get a this. I should get a that. And I should put stuff on every wall. And, and then I know that I'll be like, ah, I have too much stuff. I don't have room to make this tank that I want to build or whatever, you know. Um, so I'm just trying to like warn myself to not overdo it in the beginning. But, I don't know. But then when I look at how much stuff I have here and how much I have to move, I may not even have the choice. I may end up filling it up before I even get a chance to. The funny thing but, is, is you spend so many years slowly adding pieces to this puzzle that is your workshop. And then we have to pull it all out. It's, it's like just dumping it all in one room and you're like, wow, how did this all fit together? And it'll never fit yeah. back together the same way. <laughs> for me it's just the opposite i didn't really get started into woodworking until 2011 so all my stuff is fairly new so it feels like i just put the bandsaw down there i just put the table saw down there I'm like mm. oh, i gotta move it already <laughs> uh, it's like so, pulling yeah, teeth d- taking these machines out of my basement oh see that yeah i mean i'm i'm lucky in that from both of, from what both of you guys have to do the door on the side of my shop goes to the front to the driveway. So like I can pull things out of a door onto a truck right there. You guys both had to go upstairs through small doorways. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, <laughs> sorry guys. Sorry. I moved my South Bend laid the other day and I was like, I, I just kept saying, the only, I, only, I said, those knobs are expensive to replace. Do not break the knobs off. Please do not break the knobs off. Cause it was Willie mm. and Brett were carrying things. I said, but, you know, going through the doorway, I've broken a few knobs off of some of the machinery I have. Hmm. What? So, uh, yeah, I was kind of wondering, I thought maybe we could talk about, David came up with the idea of, of talking about, like, moving strategies. And stuff like that, like, how much time did you spend disassembling tools to make them easier to... Or did you just, like, let's just pack it, wrap everything... I saw you wrapping everything in plastic, oh. which I'm totally using that idea, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, you know what that is? That just keeps everything together. Also, there was a... a a potential rainstorm coming, so I just didn't want things to get flooded in the process mm. of loading them onto the truck. But stretch wrapping is good because it keeps everything for that item with that item while you move it. So when I stretch wrap the lathe, I had a whole pattern because I'm going to make a whole new table for it. So I had a piece of paper with a whole pattern for the lathe itself and the motor mount and everything. So I have all that stretch wrap with it, a couple of the key tools, a couple of the cords that go with it. So that's but I like stretch wrap and stuff and anything that could fit through the doorway with a reasonable amount of human effort just gets shoved right up the doorway. Cause what we do is we lay a piece of plywood on the stairs and we lay whatever it is on the plywood and just shove it right up the stairs. And mm. 
the years ago on uh, a make video, I made this sort of big stand-up coffin that has all. It's like a closet on wheels, and all I the there's a a chest of drawers at the bottom, all full of nuts and bolts. And so we we just shoved that up and out of the stairs. It took five people to pull it up and out of the stairs. It probably Ooh. weighed two hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, it, I take it apart as little as possible. Just and if mm. I do take it apart, it's just so that I can alleviate some of the weight. Yeah, that's all. Because where I'm going that's, with it, it could just be in a big giant open room. Oh right, yeah. And you just have to put it back together, and then move it through a giant door, I guess. Yeah, yeah I think the only thing I'm going to have to take apart is my table saw, um, which is a drag because I the, definitely have to do that. Yeah, I have to take the top the, off. The at table, the very least, yeah. yeah, the table on those is heavy, which is great when you're working on it. Not so great when you want to carry it. Or, yeah. Um, it won't fit out the door. So I'm going to have to take that apart. But everything else, I think, can go through the doorway. It's like a 36-inch door. So I think everything else can go through. Just about everything is on wheels. So I think the biggest thing for me, and I'm sure this was like a thousand times worse for you, uh, was just like all of the individual little things that just have to be put in a box just so you can get them yeah. to another place. Well, that's, that's what's cool because we just keep filling milk crates up. And so when you get to here, the idea is just to like – keep emptying milk crates it's like okay oh and then you can look through it quickly and go okay this goes here that goes there this can go with that and then it, i'm also playing the game of concentration it's like okay all the paint scrapers go in this pile all the hacksaws go in this pile because i have mm. multiples of everything yeah so the but those things were like all spread out in the old shop no they were and all now somewhat consolidated they were all somewhat in groupings but in the move a lot of things got discombobulated because i had like three or four different people helping me pack and uh. I'd come to the shop and there'd be 10 boxes. And for some odd reason, some things would be in one box and half of that would be in a different box. And <laughs> I, I had to let people help me. But in the process of letting people help me, a lot of things got disorganized. Yeah. But I couldn't be a total yeah. control freak and be the one that has to touch everything before I went in a box. I had to let go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it was more helpful to have them helping than it is to like have to go through. Yeah. No, because then I would have had the emotional be like, Hmm. Oh, I, I missed this scraper. I'm going to keep this one in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what you need is more stuff in your pockets, Jimmy, for yeah. sure. That's the other weird thing is as I'm moving, I'm like, oh, oh, I, I, I want to do this project that I just stuff it in my front pocket. And then it's like in my pocket until I get all the way upstate and I pull it out. I'm like, what am I doing with this? I just throw it in a box. It's crazy. <laughs> so, David, do you have any... Any plans or any ideas about how you're physically going to move the stuff? Like what you're going to have to take apart, what you're going to pack, unpack, get rid of? Have you thought into that? Yeah, I'm, um, I, I, th I thought about it a little bit. I like, I always feel like I don't want other people touching my stuff. And then it always feels like a lot of my things are, are like a 57 Chevy where it's like you have to like, yeah <laughs> pump the gas like four times and do this and this and this to, to make it to make it start and um so i don't want anybody touching my stuff so anything that i can box up and fit into um my small suv is going to go in there anything beyond that i'm having movers come down and and moving anything that takes two people to move uh, i'm paying somebody else to do and uh it's just getting the 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 saw stop has to come apart because it won't it won't go up the stairs altogether, and so the the two wings they come off pretty easily and the, the rails come off, and uh, but that thing is a beast. It's it's super heavy, 
and that needs to be somebody else's problem. Um, the bandsaw, are the movers just moving the table saw and the bandsaw? Everything else I might be able to get myself. Oh, my! I guess my outfit table and my workbench. I'm going to let them move as well. But everything else I'll get. So are either of those tools on mobile bases now? No. Uh, well, the, the table saw does have a built-in mobile base. I don't use it very much. In the new shop, um, even though it's going to be bigger, I think I'm still going to have everything on a mobile base just until I at least figure out like the, yeah. the right placement of everything until um, I know where everything's going to live. Cause I don't think I'm going to nail it the first time and maybe I'll never nail it. And maybe everything will mm-hmm. always be on a mobile base. It's not a bad thing. I mean, they're relatively inexpensive at this point. The ones that I have anyway are like, I think 60 yeah. or 70 bucks. And I've got the same one under my bandsaw and table saw because the way that my shops laid out, they have to be able to move like about a foot in one direction you know, in certain situations. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so because of their, because they're both already on that, that makes them easy for me. Like again, cause I don't have steps. It makes it easier for me to get them out of the shop to up onto the truck. So I don't like for the soft stop, I'll have to take the mm-hmm. wings off to put it and put them on top of the table. So they'll fit out the door. But theoretically I could pack it all up on itself on the base and then just roll it onto the truck. Theoretically, <laughs> who knows if that'll actually if I remember right, my um, my outfeed table, like the if you take the top off, it's not very. Mm. The top stabilizes the whole thing, so I'm worried about like if I if I take the top off to make it lighter and more mobile, are they going to break it? You know, maybe that's something I move it. So little yeah. things like that, I'm I'm struggling. What about with. little stuff? Like, are you just going to pack all the little tools yourself and just kind of like, are you going to go through it? Are you planning to like sift through and? Yep. Um. About a year ago, I went through all my stuff and I got rid of a lot of things that I don't need. So I don't have a lot to go through. My shop is pretty darn organized. If if, if there's one thing in my life that's organized, it's it's my shop. Yeah. Um, the rest of the house, my email, my <laughs> my work ethic could use some organization. But the shop is 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 pretty good. There's um there's a bunch of materials that I need to go through and I have a hard time letting go of certain materials. I'm like, do I really need this four inch by eight inch piece of plywood? It's walnut plywood. I'll probably find a use for it. But two years later, it's just still sitting up down there. That's what I, I really been given a lot of stuff away and it's the same exact thing. It's, and when I see my friends come and they make a pile for themselves, I'm like, I walk by it and I'm like, hmm, do I really need that? <laughs> I really make a point to just say, forget it. Like, whatever pile they make for them is theirs. I, say, I said they can take whatever they want. Can't be yeah. in it. Oh, no, no, I need that. I need that one piece. Yeah, no, that's going to be a project in 2090. I need that back. You've seen The Jerk, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is my life. I totally see <laughs> It's that. all I need is this. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's one of my... One of my favorite movies. Um, yeah, we were talking about materials the other day because we had some friends over uh, who also, like a couple that they also build stuff. And I said, you know, like, hey, I'm I'm taking all the hardwoods, so don't expect any hardwood. But if there's any, like, dimensional stuff down there that you want, if you need anything, let me know. And he was like, yes, I'll take all of it, no matter what it is. I'm like, oh, wow, you're just like me. Like, you want to keep every, <laughs> every potential piece. But so that's cool because I actually have people right here in the neighborhood that can use all the, the plywood chunks and the two by four chunks and stuff that I 
gives me a good way to be like, okay, yes, I don't need to take those things with me. I don't need to try to justify that because somebody else will use them. You know, I can just pass them on. It's funny that just good. I only I try to only buy materials I need for that that project. I don't like to store materials, but after a, a couple of years, all those little scrap pieces that I refuse to burn or give away or, or whatever just add up into this huge massive pile. Yeah. So what I did recently and, and you know this is this is one of those things that works in a small shop because you're limited on space. Bigger shop maybe not so much. But I kind of went through all of my material and I set aside like three little places for different types of material and whatever could fit in that little place was what I kept and everything else. I, you know, it was like I picked my favorite pieces of hardwood and they went on this one shelf and it was whatever made sense that, you know, that was worthwhile to fit on that shelf. The best stuff stayed. Mm. And then there was another section that was, you know, long, skinny things. And basically, I took one bin for offcuts, for like hardwood offcuts, the stuff that we'll, you know, none of us will ever use, but you don't want to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And so by having a fixed place to put it, it limited what I kept. And I, you know, I was forced to like pare it down at least to a point and rather than just dump it all out. So I have one of those places for longer pieces of hardwood, smaller offcuts, um, any kind of panel, you know, plywood, that type of sheet good stuff is in one little area, which is granted it's overflowing and more than it should be. But that's one solution for, uh, not necessarily for moving, but you know, if you have a shop and you want to keep a limit, just dedicate a small area for a certain type of material and whatever you can't fit in there, it goes that way you have turnover of always the best stuff in that little area. That makes me so anxious because I'd have to really make a decision. Like, oh, my God, look at this good piece that doesn't fit here. No, but what I was going to say. Be like, but well, he, you would just be like, oh, I can add more room. Yeah. I can make the section bigger. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? What I The biggest thing I've been having problems with is I, I typically have buckets full of lengths of material, like bits and pieces of doweling, bits and pieces of extruded rod, aluminum, steel, brass, uh, all different types of tubing and rods and, and lengths. And... That's been the hardest thing to, to organize is because those buckets are the things I get my, a lot of my problem solutions from. When I'm working on something, I'm like, oh, okay, I need an eighth-inch rod. I go right to that bucket, and I find a four-inch piece that's at the very bottom that's from a project from 10 years ago. And so those buckets I've been having a hard time with. I've consolidated three of them into one, gotten rid of some of the real scrap stuff that I really don't think I'll need. But even just like two-inch tubes of clear acrylic, for whatever I might need it for, I might need just one little eighth of an inch piece to make a bezel on something, or I might need a whole 12-inch tube to make some mechanism that's going to shoot air through it. So those are the things that I'm having a hard time with dumping. Just it looks just looks like garbage to anybody, but those little buckets are the things that have the most solutions in them to whatever it is you might. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, when Brett started cleaning up in the fall, really starting to organize the shop, Right near my Sirius radio on the wall, I had this little tube with, it had all little super fine skinny stuff, like stuff as thin as like a sewing needle up to, you know, maybe like, I don't know, 10,000 thick or, you know, 100,000 thick, all little tiny things. And he put it somewhere. And I, I didn't realize how often I went to that little tiny cup full of little wires until hmm. it was gone. I'm like, oh wait, oh wait, the cup is not even there anymore. And I'm like, I don't even know what happened to it. He just like integrated it into some other thing. So those are the things that I really need around me to keep my my flow going. Because just like I said, when I, I have a problem with fusion and I just say, you know what, forget it, I'll just do a different project today. It's the same thing when I can't find like the thin rod or the extrusion that I need. I just go, hmm, 
all right, well, I have to put this project on hold and do something else until I can solve that problem with what it is exactly I know I need, which is a piece of brass rod, for instance. And I want to put a piece of wooden rod in it that's not going to give me the answer I need. This is what it needs to be. So I have to just park that project. So that's why it's hard for me to let go of those extrusions and those buckets of little nonsense. I even have buckets of steel, like cutoffs and scraps. And, you know, there's like one inch piece of three quarter round or, or you know, a three eighths by two inch flat in cold rolled steel that's 10 inches long. These are all things that are so difficult to keep because you just got to put them in a bucket. So mm-hmm. I go through them quickly and I kind of condense like the bigger pieces and then I, I scrap to see other stuff. I have friends that scrap metal, so I always save it for them. So <clears throat> right now I have a huge pile of metal in the middle of the city shop. It's just everything that's like behind piles of plywood and stuck in corners. <coughs> Sorry. <clears throat> All this stuff is revealing itself and I don't really need it. But yeah. now if I need a 10 by 10 inch piece of 16 gauge steel, I got to go cut it out of a four by eight sheet. <laughs> so I'll just start that whole process over again. It's been 12, 13 years in the city that I have all these piles be- accumulating, but <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of, that's weird. the hard I mean, part. It's just the little tiny scraps. Yeah. Well, with what we do that it's, it's easy to, to look at it. And I think we all three have a different kind of approach to materials and, you know, what we keep and what we get rid of, but it's easy for somebody to look at that and be like, yeah, you're a hoarder because you keep every little piece, but that's, just like somebody in another job has a different set of things that they want to keep the materials around so they can do the job when they want to do the job, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I know going to art school, you know, like a, a lot of illustrators that I knew, I would look at their marker collections mm. and just be like, you're insane. Like, why in the world do you need 400 blue markers? They're right. blue. Right. But to them, that's like because they want to get the right color when they want to get the right color. Yep. And that's just part of them having the tools that they need to do their job. And it's the same kind of thing. And granted, there you know, you can easily in any of those cases, you can easily take it too far and have more than you need and, you know, be attached to things that you need to get rid of. But it makes a lot of sense for you specifically, Jimmy, to have access to all of those little pieces because you probably will take advantage of the majority of them. Yeah, know? in time. And then also another thing that keeps popping up are our little baggies and bundles of scrap leather from Taylor Taylor's projects and all of she's made at this point, she's probably made 40 chairs. And every time you cut a piece of leather, you end up with a usable piece, but it can't become another chair. So you end up with something that could be a wallet or, you know, an accessory to some other small thing or a keychain fob or whatever. And so we have tons of scrap leather and I ultimately end up giving a lot of it away. Taylor's just like, give it to students and, you know, other makers that come by, but it's, it's hard to throw, you know, a, a a bag full of leather scraps in the garbage. I just like it. So it moves with us. And then when someone needs leather, I give it to a student or, you know, a couple of friends have come to take some of the scrap. I said, hey, take, take this leather too. I just can't find myself throwing it away. Yeah. So how do you think that's going to change <clears throat> being upstate now? Because I, I would assume you're going to have a lot. I may be totally wrong here. I feel like you're going to have a lot less interaction with other people <laughs> than you do in the city. Because, right, you know, in the city, you're constantly surrounded by people no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. And you're going to be upstate where you're kind of secluded. Think Is about, that right or think about right? how much time I'm going to save. I'm never going to have to take a shower again. I'm never going to have to change my clothes again. <laughs> I'm just going to wear pajamas all the time. Did you ever go to the rural areas of the United States? People just wear their pajamas all the time to like the quick mart. So yeah. I'm going to save so much time. 
not having well, any people. Leather pajama pants. <laughs> there you go. go for it. There's a project video. Do you worry no, about not being able to just go around the corner and pick up materials when you need it on the fly? Um, well, you know, the good thing is, is up here, one, one stress level in the city was I would order materials and they would come to my house and they would disappear from my front door. Up here, I come up to the house and there's like, because I've been moving more of my mailing address to this place. So when I order Amazon, I don't have to worry about it getting stolen. Like I'll order like a specific part on Amazon or online metals and the, the guy will leave it in front of my door and like one out of every 10 times it just disappears forever. I have no idea where it went. So that problem is, is alleviated by knowing I can be up here and, and get stuff. And um, there's a lot of, in the city of Albany, there's a lot of resources. So I could drive 30 miles north and park my car at the steel place and go and get steel. In the city, I'd have to drive. It would take me just as much time to drive eight miles as it does to take me to drive 30. But at the end uh. of the eight miles, I risk getting my car towed, my window broken, and my, car, <laughs> my tires slashed because i got to go to this part of Brooklyn, which isn't very safe. And so I'd always have to literally, if I was going to go pick up metal at Eastern Metals, I'd have to take somebody with me to sit in the car because I would not be able mm. to park. And I'd also be worried about somebody like being annoyed or my, my, cause it's also an industrial area. My, my rear view mirror can get ripped off if I'm double parked by an 18 wheel. I wouldn't even know he did it. So up here, even though there's a bigger drive, the ultimately it's a more relaxing situation to get materials. Mm. And so for that, I'm not worried. And then, and like I said, Albany is like any big city and up and around here, there's all kinds of resources. You just, the good thing is like Taylor's great at sourcing stuff. So I said, find me one inch thick foam rubber. All right, there's three places we can go 70 miles that way, 20 miles that way, or 15 miles that way. And mm. that's a good thing, just like kind of being out in the middle of everything. And, and anytime there's a new adventure, it's fun. It's like, oh, let's go to this city we've never been to. Let's take a ride. And we go through the little middle, you know, because being in upstate New York, it's like being in the middle of America. There's all kinds of little weird old towns and, you know, yeah. always looking for antiques and old machines. So, so it's fun. I'm kind of looking forward to that, too. I mean, I grew up in Kentucky, but I haven't been there in 20... I mean, like, I haven't lived there in 22 years or something. And so I'm looking forward to that, like, finding all the places that are interesting and unique, both just in life, but also suppliers and, you know, there's tons of antique-type stuff up there. I started looking the other day because it dawned on me that I hadn't tried to find if there was a, a metal yard anywhere in the town that we're moving to. And I've, I looked it up and found like a couple of places that kind of look like they are, but they're not really. So I'm not really sure. I'm not sure how easy that's going to be for me to find, but the same kind of thing. Louisville is 45 miles away. Uh, and like getting to the airport there takes about 35 minutes and it takes the same amount of time here in a bigger city. It's just, you know, you More just got to drive further to the, yeah, it's just a different kind of a flip flop. So It'll be interesting to see how long it takes me to to be able to source the stuff that I want up there. I don't think it'll be too hard. It's but. a funny thing. Taylor says to me a couple weeks ago, she's like, oh, if you're going to be up near this area, which is kind of close to Albany, she's like, go to this place. I sourced this place that has paint. So I went and bought, we painted the cabinets in the kitchen. So I went and bought a couple quarts of paint at this place. Now, some of the people in the upstate in the area will know Huck Finn. I never heard of it before last week. It's called Huck Finn Supplier or something. And I'm, I go there and they have an amusement park out front. I'm like, what? Am I in the right spot? I have no oh. idea where the hell I am. So I parked the car and then the building is like an old industrial building, probably built in like 
maybe 18, late 1800s. And it's like five football fields wide. And I go inside, like the where it seems like the main entrance. And there's like 10 cash registers throughout the entire place. And it's like basically like a Home Depot owned by one person as opposed to like a chain of stores. So it's incredible. They have plywood, they have furniture, they have everything. The place is tremendous. I even said to one of the employees, I go, what did this place used to be? This is like incredible. And she's like, it's so old. She's like, I don't know. I've been working here for two years. I never even got the right answer. So it's this huge place. So a place like that, like I immediately made a mental note of like, okay, there's a place I could stop in and get anything I need for the house. I mean, they probably have doors and flooring and, but it's not, it's not a big box store. For instance, it's not a Home Depot or a Lowe's. So you might end up with some oddball pleat things that you wouldn't expect. So that's one place that would probably supply mostly anything I need. They have a big hardware section, it seems. I didn't go through the whole place, but there's little pockets of oddball suppliers like that all around outside of the city. I I, I was so amazed at how big this place is. I just can't believe that there's enough population around it to even support it. But obviously, it seems like it's been in business for a long time. Is it just like a regional supplier for a pretty big area in like every direction? Yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's in the Albany area. So Hmm. they like they have sections that just sell furniture, sections that sell... And they also, they sell pretty quality, they sell all, um, I can't remember the name of the finishes, but it's all the stuff that you find in the, in, uh, the Lee Valley catalog. Original finishes or general finishes. They have a whole, general, finish. general finishes. They have a whole category of general finishes. It's the waterborne stuff. And anyway, I, I was just amazed that stuff like that, getting out of sight of my routine of being in the city and knowing exactly what I can get when I can get it, but learning a whole new series of suppliers is going to be, is going to be fun. I mean, I'm I'm always learning. It's not like I'm, the threshold begins next month, but it's just it's <laughs> time time for Jimmy to start learning stuff. <laughs> no, but I, but I mean, as far as finding new suppliers up here, I've been up here. I've been yeah. I've been up here for 13 years, but not exclusively. So once I'm up here exclusively, and I know that I'm not going to just pop over to that place I'm used to going into the city, I'll have to develop new patterns up here. Mm. So anyway, that was a long, drawing, boring story. I'm sorry. <laughs> I um I want to know if you guys get as nerdy as I do about arrangement and stuff. So the last time we rearranged our living room, I drew everything up in Illustrator. I converted inches to picas to kind of scale it down. And then I printed out the pieces and printed out the layout. And I was able to move things around with my fingers to, to play with the, the, the alignment. Now I know there's applications and stuff that you can use. But I like the hands-on of quickly like moving things around. And while we were just talking, and I was going to do that for the for the new shop. But while we we're talking, I came up with I think what might be a cool project idea is to build a little magnetic board that I can hang out, hang up in the shop, and then I have my little tools on little little magnets that I can move around, and I can always like kind of see uh, the, the placement of things, and and uh, it could be a cool little art piece and a little functional. Um, way of rearranging the shop in the future. Be, uh, you know what I'm picturing is like a little scale model, like a little scale floor plan, like a, mm. like a sheet of plywood that's the, the, the floor plan of your shop with like little cut pieces that are mm-hmm. the right scale sizes. Mm-hmm. Little 3D printed table saws and stuff. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. and then you could then you could get some G.I. Joes and have a little battle <laughs> on your shop. And, and man, I like where this is going. Yeah. Get scale so, dust. <laughs> So, did, Jimmy, um, and I'm, this is for both of you, but Jimmy, you've already moved into the new shop. Mm-hmm. Did you do any kind of planning like that? Of course not. No. 
You know what I did? I walked Duh. in. <laughs> no, I, I once the saw stop is there, honestly, I'm waiting for the saw stop because that's always the circle of activity. That is the center. That is like the heart of most wood shops. So I'm waiting for the saw stop to set up the wood the wood area. I realized the other day that I need a I have a table along the wall for the steel stuff. I need an island table because I have so many tools that I don't use because they don't have a table. I need an island table for my metal fabrication area where it's going to have like a set of shears on it, a couple of vices, an anvil, you know, just in the middle of the... I have my mobile fabrication table now, which I could put anywhere in the shop, the one with the holes in it that I just made from weldtables.com. Pitch. And <laughs> But once I have my saw stop, I'll be able to really organize the wood shop. I've thrown a couple of tools and now I end up just putting them in line like parked cars. So I have now I have three band saws in a row and two drill presses in a row and a sander and then a sander. So I have, I have those like eight machines just all in a row because I have n- nowhere to put them really. No, no, like no comfortable way to put them until I have everything set up. Mm. So once my, my, my saw stop set up and the outfeed table set up, I'll be able to kind of have everything based off of that and that's slowly coming into play i know when i i i I always like having a a big island table to work on as far as woodworking goes and that would be my outfit table and a table behind me to handle the tools so the table that's right behind me along the wall is the one that i usually stack tools on as i work like where's the hand plane it's behind me where's this the, the palm sander it's behind me so that's just been my method. I always have a big table in front of me and then a skinny table behind me to just kind of hold, hold all the things I'm, I'm currently using. So, and then if I want to go away for the day, I can leave everything on the skinny table and the big table either still has the project on it or becomes clean for me to be able to start another project. Hmm. So that's Bob, Bob's new shop looks um, like a maze. So it looks, <laughs> it looks a little bit more difficult to lay out. No, I don't think so. It's really one big uh, open space kind of across the back of the house, but then it has like a leg off one side that goes okay. to a garage door. <clears throat> so it's kind of like an L, but the majority of it is really one big open area. Gotcha. It does have posts down the middle of it every eight feet or something, nine feet. So that'll be something new to kind of work around just because, you know, I can't have, it's not like one giant open space. There is something down the middle of it, but they're far enough apart that I think I can work with around it and work within those. I don't know. As far as like layout, I've had so much other stuff on my mind. I keep kind of pushing that ahead. You know, when I think about moving stuff into the shop, I'm just like, well, I'll I'll deal with that when I get there Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I did have an idea about possibly, I've had a couple ideas around this same type of thing about possibly having some sort of a crowdsourcing approach to shop layout and like shop build out. (laughs) So I thought about like maybe doing some sort of a collaborative, like, okay, here's, here's what I have to work with. Here's what I have to put in it. Here are the things that I have to have. What are your ideas? And I know that I, I mean, I know right off the bat, that's going to be like a thousand bad ideas, a couple of good ideas, but a whole bunch of ideas that I will have to sift through. And so it's not something I'm necessarily going to do, but I thought it would be interesting to kind of, take the community knowledge because so many people have built so many different types of shops and, you know, people do it professionally and people have different needs and have found you different cool things. Sorry. Sorry. I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> I opened Jimmy's bored. No, no, I, he's bored I, with our podcast. He's listening to uh, other podcasts. I opened the I opened the app just to see something quick, and it started. I did not know my new phone, iPhone Seven S. I don't know how we use it yet. So. <laughs> it's exactly like the other one. Um, but anyway, I thought it would be interesting to take, kind of take advantage of the community knowledge there, mm-hmm. and you know, like to to get some ideas how to because it's such a blank slate. I'm not worried about doing it wrong. It's not that, but I'm also like, I want to do it in the most efficient way that I can and, um, you know, build it into something that I really enjoy and is really useful. So that's one thought. But as far as like actually laying it out, no, I haven't really thought too far about how am I even going to do that. I assumed I would do it in SketchUp and just kind of build some, I've already built the space in SketchUp. I assumed I would build some blocks for, you know, table saw sized and just kind of like move them around, Hmm. but Here's a um, something I did in my basement. Yeah, there's a, a couple of those metal support beams down there, and mm-hmm. what I I made a wall out of it by taking two by fours and laying them up um, uh, vertically against the post and using those. What do you what do you call those little clamps with the screw and it tightens down the circle? Oh yeah, just like a hose clamp. Hose clamp, like yeah. I hose yeah. clamped the two by fours to to the poles, and then ran uh, boards horizontally uh, between them and made a tool board out of it. So you could make a wall out of those out of those posts. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've, I've there's a couple of different kind of mini rooms that I want to build in it, and I'm trying to figure out if I want to take advantage of the posts as corners, mm. you know, that type, type of thing, or if I want to build them smaller than the gaps between the posts. And yeah, I'm not sure. You say you're going you to carpet your basement or your workshop? Uh, I'm going to carpet the ceiling and all the walls. The floor is going to be concrete, <laughs> but I'm going to, yeah. Oh, you guys want to hear something funny? Like in the back of the shop, it was like the back where it had like this, the domestic stained glass sign, that whole back wall. I walked in there the other day with Howard and we were talking and all of a sudden I'm like, you hear that echo? I never heard an echo in there before. There's like uh, a perfect echo. And we just were oh. playing with the sound that I never, ever heard ever in my life. Then echo in the back of the room, which is now there because there's nothing in the room. Yeah. Hmm. It's really amazing. It's like a perfect weird echo. Maybe I can try and record it for one of the vlogs. <laughs> it's cool. I had no idea until like one of your recent videos that you had a door in the back of your shop that goes like up up and out yeah you know what i don't know why that just seemed really surprising to me that there was like a a rear exit i never open it because every time i open it my upstairs neighbor standing there in her pajamas with a frown on her face so i always just keep it closed (laughs) (laughs) i should hire somebody and just send them to your new shop in their pajamas (laughs) and just stand outside your door and frown yeah no i I, there's the picture my mind is so clear like 10 times in the last 15 years I'd be in the middle. I don't open it anymore, but before I gave up the practice of opening that door, I would just turn and she'd be standing there with a frown on her face like, really? Really? It's like 1 a.m. Really? Like, that's the look on her face. She never says anything. She just gives me the look like like she's my mother. Really? You're going to do this? You're going to use an air nailer at 1 in the morning? Really? So I just started keeping the door closed completely because I turn around and then the husband would be standing there in his, like, his bathrobe. Be like... Uh, what time do you plan on stopping work? Like he'd be there. <laughs> like, that's it. I just closed it and I never opened it again. <laughs> hmm. Did I? Cool. Did I? Have, it's a funny story about that back door. Did I? I don't know if I ever told the story online, but 
me and David were cleaning up the shop one day, like totally the shop was full of dust. We had the radio blasting. It was a beautiful sunny day like like we've had recently. And we're standing there and we hear like radios clicking and all of a sudden two or three policemen walk in with their guns drawn and plain clothes. They walk through that doorway. And to get to get to that back garden apartment, you have to jump over a wall from a schoolyard or you have to have gone through that apartment to get to that back courtyard behind my building. So I don't know where the cops came from. They must have jumped into the backyard from the neighboring building. And they walked down through the shop with their handguns out. And they said, did you see the guy with the gun? Did he run through here? And me and Welder were like, our hands up. We're like, there's nobody with a gun that we noticed. But then I got super nervous because I said, I go, is there a situation with a gun? I said, because there's three other entrances to this basement. And if you think he ran down in this basement, he could have gone into this basement from three other directions. So that means you might, I said to the cops, I go, you might be in for a firefight. I go, if you walk out that door. I said, because if you're really looking for a guy with a gun, he could be down here, but he did not come through this door. And they like very commanding, like authoritatively, where's the door? Where are the other doors? I'm like, Go on that side. If you go back out the garden apartment, go on the other side, go down the other stairwell. And turns out they had the whole building locked down. A kid, a young kid, this is 10 years ago, a young kid shot a gun and turned and walked into our building. He lives there. I know who he is. He lives upstairs. He ended up doing a couple years in jail for that. And when they finally found him, they never found the gun. He hit it or he got rid of it or he gave it to somebody that left because they locked the entire building down trying to find the gun. And me and David weren't allowed to leave the basement for like three hours. Hmm. The cops hmm. had the whole building locked down because they, they thought he might have ran through the basement and stuck the gun somewhere. So they were all like white. <laughs> they were like, good luck finding it. <laughs> yeah. they, but he, I did not interact with him at all. Like By the time they caught him and captured him or whatever, they, they had him in handcuffs and they had him sitting in the lobby stairwell and me and Dave could hear literally it's just like the thickness of a sheet of metal because of the metal stairs. We were underneath the stairs in the basement and we could hear them questioning him. We were like literally on the other side of the stairs and we could hear his handcuffs banging on the stair because his handcuffs were behind him and they're like, where's the gun? He's like, there's no gun. They're like, where's the gun? And he was like a little punk kid. Anyway, he got in trouble for it. No one got hurt, but he apparently shot it off in the air a couple times in front of the Clinton Street building turned and walked inside and the witnesses said he ran into that building with a gun and so the cops showed up and they came through every orifice of the building looking for him and uh yeah it was a it was a very surreal moment when we were working hmm. dusting cleaning vacuum it was like a cleanup day we were just organizing and these three cops came in with their guns pointed in the air all plain clothes and they all, they all look like me but angry angrier and they said <laughs> Where's the kid with the gun? Did you see him come through here? I'm like, I, 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 just, I didn't see anybody with a gun except for you three. So you didn't find the gun when you were packing up your shop? No, you, you know what's funny? Like, hey, how'd this get here? I'll tell you a funny story. When the cops, ultimately, like everything simmered down and the police kept looking for the gun for the rest of the day. And they were like, they were in and out. And like, I became friendly with them. I'm like, oh yeah, look over there. Did you look behind there? And there was, the my building is two buildings combined with the air shaft that's been shut off because there's no reason to go into the air shaft now that the two buildings are connected. And so if you, there is an entrance to the air shaft from my basement and in between the two buildings, there were these big garbage bins that had just been filled with rainwater forever. Like they were, they were there from the previous tenant. Somebody put these big garbage bins. And so there was three garbage bins filled to the top with rainwater, gross, disgusting water. And I said to the cops, I go, if I was trying to hide a gun, I'd look out the air shaft from the stairwell upstairs and drop it into one of these three full buckets of what they were like metal garbage bins filled with water. And 
I said, but they fit directly between the buildings where you could just barely move them. They would like scrape in the bricks on either side. I said, but good luck trying to turn them over because you can't. That's why they were fixed there. Somebody stuffed them in there and you couldn't move them and they filled up with the rainwater. So I said, I bet you the guns at the bottom of one of those three full buckets of mm. literally black rainwater because it's been just still water for 20 years. So ultimately, I don't I don't even know if those buckets of rainwater are still there. I, I have to look when I go back to see if the gun is in there now that I'm talking about it. I'll go in there with a magnet and I'll still be like Free under, gun. it'll be like an underwater search with like a big magnet. I'll send down a, a sonar thing. It's only it's only thirty inches of I'll send down a sonar to get the gun. GoPro. Uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. It's it's totally black. Like you gotta it'd be funny if you put on scuba diving gear and just stick your head in the dirty water. <laughs> That's nasty. But yeah, I told the cops, I said, I said, if you can't find the gun, it's probably in those buckets of water. I don't know. I ultimately don't know. Rumor has it that they did not find the gun. So it could be in the bottom of those buckets of water. I'll, I'll look, and next week I'll report back. Remind me. I would love it if you figured out a way to turn those over. <laughs> yeah. Just to see if they, it was in there, because that'd be amazing. I that'd could be just a stick winner. a sump pump in them and empty them out, which is probably, I think I have a sump pump. I could just stick a sump pump in it and empty it right out into the into the alleyway and then see if there's anything at the bottom of them. <laughs> or you could just drill a hole in them. That's true, too. Yeah, I could out. just like punch yeah. a hole. It's funny, because when I said to the cops, they were like detectives in suits and stuff. I said, they're probably at the bottom of that. And the three of them like looked at each other and they're like, all right, if they're in there, I guess it's going to stay in there because we ain't touching it. <laughs> these are problems you are not going to have in the new shop <laughs> definitely yeah. so yeah that was funny cool I gotta, um, I gotta well, next time I get Dave on the line I gotta ask him because he was there that day he might have some funny details oh you know what a funny thing is Dave had to go he had to like go somewhere he's like he said to the detectives he's like I have to leave and they're like he's like search my bag so I don't have the gun on me because they were afraid anybody who left the building would leave with the gun and so they searched Dave's bag and they said, all right, see you later. And they let him walk down the street. They had the whole street blocked off on either end of the block. So he walked hmm. down the middle of the block and there were people at each end. And they, as he walked down the block, they cheered him. Like, okay, they let what? <laughs> I swear to God, if Dave is listening, Dave's got to tell this part of the story. Oh, and he, he called me later because as I walked down the block, they cheered me as they let me out the end. Because they weren't letting anybody walk on the block. They wouldn't Because until they knew where the gun was, they weren't letting anybody in or out of the block or in or out of the building. So, you need to retell that story on on the vlog and get David on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's a that's definitely a good idea. Funny, nice. Yeah, memories. Oh, I'm gonna miss that place. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, what have we been uh, watching? Let's. So my pick this week is Peter McKinnon. He has a photography YouTube channel, and he's just it's it's. That's another photography channel. Sorry, but I I'm having trouble finding <laughs> new pics. Um, but he's really good. He's got a he's got a fun personality, and he really knows his stuff. And uh, he just he's in, even in his videos where he's just talking, he's got a he's got a fun vibe to him. And it's, it's a pretty big channel. So if you're into photography or videography, learning Photoshop or Lightroom, check out his channel. Nice. Uh, you know, I found a I found a channel recently. I'm just looking through my history, and uh, it's a pretty interesting channel. It's I, it, it seems like it's a TV show that's probably on in Britain or something. It's called Japanology. Japanology. You guys ever heard of this? Mm-mm. No. It's all about like Japanese culture and the approach to how they solve manufacturing problems and how they just. It's called Japanese and retail uniforms. It's got all so, sorts of interesting 
just uh, I'm, I'm looking at the channel right now as you talk. Um, just how they approach food, how they approach the the thing that brought me to it is a pair of, is how they design and make scissors, and their approach huh. to making scissors and how they studied uh, various different ways. And there's a pair of scissors on there. Oh, that's my friend's dog. Sorry. There's a pair of scissors on there with like a twisting thumb hole, and how they got to that. You gotta you gotta take a look. Yeah. At it. I'll send you the link right now. Hang on. So, nice. Japanology. That sounds cool. Um, so I got kind of two. One, I wanted to put uh, Brett's shop tour because I really liked it, and I don't think I'd seen any of Brett's videos. Oh, well, I guess the ones that he did for Taylor. Um, but anyway, so yeah, go check that out. It's a cool way to see your shop, yes. but also I think I was, he's got like a great style of putting together videos. Yeah, and he's learning, and, and he's learning the YouTube game, and he's uh, he's definitely gung ho. And he's and once the shop is up, he'll be definitely making some more stuff. So check out Brett; yeah. it's good. Thank you. So do do that one, and then also this is one I know will be good, but I actually haven't watched yet, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> um, it's a TED Talk by OK Go, and it's called How to Find a Wonderful Idea. Ooh, and. If you don't know, if you've never seen OK Go videos, you need to just go watch them. Whether you like the music or not, that's not the point. I, I mean, the music is kind of a separate thing, honestly, in my mind. The way that they make videos for their music is just kind of mind-boggling. And David and I were at a thing, in an event in January, and we got to hear... Were you in that talk? Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to hear a talk by their, like their, he was like their creative director or something. Something like that. About how they made the, uh, their latest video at the time. And it was like this crazy slow-mo four second video. I don't know, but it was just bananas listening to how they do things and how much work they put into it and all this stuff. So I think that this, uh, talk by them about how to have a wonderful idea is probably going to be pretty fantastic. So I'm just going to put it in there. All right. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. That's cool too. <laughs> That's why I picked two things. <laughs> so. Um, cool. So I guess that's about it. Unless you got anything else. I have a, I have a question for, or I have okay. a request. Uh, a couple weeks ago at the Ken Craft meetup that I did, a listener from the Cleveland area who's an electrician was helping me with ideas of the shop. I lost your contact information. If you are that electrician from Cleveland that came to visit me, uh, send me an email. Uh, I'd like to talk to you again. So, Cool. Thank you. Lost connections. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Craigslist. Craigslist. Um, <laughs> cool. Oh, you guys got anything else? That's it. We yeah. should thank our Patreon yeah. folks. We definitely should. Um, and I was in the middle of pulling that up. And then so I interrupted for- you. And then distracted me, and now I'm trying to pull the list up again, and stalling while it loads. While you load, I, I'll, I'll talk briefly about the the Patreon update. They did a rebranding. Oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 looking good. It looks like they're putting a lot of effort into making their site and their app um, friendlier and and more useful. And um, they write really good articles for for creators on just like how to talk to your audience and, and you know, and it's just, it, I like, I li- I'm really liking the direction of Patreon right now. Did you guys yeah. notice the f- the front page before you sign in? Did you guys notice that? Yeah. This is like this old dude on there. This yeah. Old they're dude like, Hey, look, check out this old dude. <laughs> this old dude in his <laughs> old shop. <laughs> yeah. You're in one of the videos too. Yeah. The video was great. The video they did on you was awesome. Thank you very much. Did you happen to notice? I didn't see the full video. I mean, I saw the, when they sent me the link, 
I don't know where they sent it to me just to ask me if I liked it. And of course I had no changes, but did you see the, did you guys get a chance to see that whole segment on me? No. Yeah. Oh, did you see where I sniffed the wood? There's a part where yeah, I hold yeah. a piece of wood up to my nose and I sniff it and close my eyes like oh, in yeah, ecstasy. Yeah. I did that yeah. as a joke and they put it in the video. So when me and Brett <laughs> were watching it, I did that. We both burst out laughing. I'm like, why would they put that in? I did that as an obvious joke. So they do this whole serious thing with me and then I hold a piece of wood to my nose and sniff it and close my eyes in ecstasy. I did that as a joke. I'm like, this is my Vimeo moment and I did it. And then they stuck it in the edit. <laughs> my Vimeo moment. <laughs> I love it. So if you guys watch that, I guess, you know, the people that know me would know that I'm being like a little bit of a snarky, sarcastic New Yorker when I like hold the wood to my nose and sniff it. So Hashtag my Vimeo moment. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's pretty funny. I'll have to go back and watch that. I'll put that link in the, in the uh, show notes too. That's a good video. Um, yeah. I want to thank our Patreon supporters uh, it's it's just really awesome that we have so much support there, and we get new patrons pretty often, and I'm just really grateful that they continue to come in and continue to stick around. That's really cool. Our top supporters are Wise Old Dal, Jedediah Schultz, Evan and Caitlin, and Make Build Modify. You guys are all awesome. Everybody that supports us <laughs> is awesome, and we're very grateful for it. Um, and if you want to support us there, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. We also have links on our website to get shirts. That's another way to support oh. us. If you want a shirt or a sweatshirt or... And... I, I guess those are the two options. And... And you set something up for us. I did. Set, that, thank you for bringing that up because I completely forgot. So, I was on a Patreon hangout for my Patreon, for my channel, and uh, Evan and Caitlin, Caitlin were on there as well, and some other people, and people started talking about Reddit. Oh, yeah. And they were like, yeah, you should totally be putting podcast episodes on reddit let people talk about them there as a way to kind of chronicle people's thoughts and links and you know extra information and so this is kind of a funny story so i have a i've had a reddit account for four years or something i used it a little bit at the beginning and haven't used it since then so i log back on while we're in this hangout and i'm like okay cool i'm gonna make a subreddit for the podcast i do it and it's immediately banned like i hit the button and it came up and said banned why and i was like this is awesome i see reddit is fantastic (laughs) so it turned out and and they pointed me in the right direction and i talked to support it turned out that my account had been shadow banned there's this thing on that they don't tell you about where they can ban your account it still works you can still post but nobody else in the world sees it which is super cool right i mean that makes you want to go to the website So, um, yeah, I ended up emailing the support people about it. And typically that happens, apparently. Typically that happens if you've done something really bad. Apparently my account got kind of swept into an automated spam Mm. thing where they they grabbed a bunch of accounts they thought were fake or old or something, and they just banned them. Anyway, so the the people at Reddit, the support guy, whoever he was, was super cool and was like, oh, yeah, I'll reinstate it now. And then he reinstated the the podcast subreddit and put it right back to it. So that gave me some faith in like, you know, it, it was just a mistake, not a big deal. But all of that to say subreddit, uh, reddit.com slash R slash making it podcast. We have a subreddit and we're going to post new episodes there as topics. You can talk about them underneath there. I can't speak for the other two dudes, but I will at least try to be there and I answered some questions you know, last out. night. So okay. once, once awesome. I get through the confusion, I'll, I'll, I'll go there and I'll definitely talk. <laughs> yeah. 
So do that. And then, you know, kind of related, I also set one up. Actually, I got a big shout out to Wes at Geeksmithing. He squatted slash R slash I like to make stuff for me several years ago oh, and didn't tell cool. me. Thank you, Wes. Yeah. He's always and thinking so, ahead. He's, he's smart like that. He's good like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was really, that was really cool. Cause I saw that somebody had it and I was like, oh man, somebody already got it, but there's nothing there. Turned out it was Wes and he got it so that it, nobody else would take it, which is really cool. So I'm going to be putting my projects there and answering questions about the move there. Stuff. Trying to take advantage of the community side of Reddit for both my stuff and for the podcast. I'll try so, and get involved. If you're interested, yeah. I go did check an it AMA out. there a couple weeks ago. I'm slowly figuring it out. Nice. Um, what, Thanks for bringing that up. One other question, well, one other thing, just thought. I recently did a sign this week. I made this this thing. I did this graphic stock spot and I cut out this like kind of propaganda guy using an anvil. I liked it. I made it into a sign. And I've been sharing that graphic with a lot of people. I've sent it out. So if I sent it to people and they want to send it to other people, or if you want it, email me and I will email it to you. And people are laser cutting it. It's like I said, it's just a cool graphic of a guy using an anvil. I thought it would be like a cool representation of the maker crew that we're all involved in. So if anybody wants it, email me. I'll send you that graphic. Cool. Right on. You could probably even post it on the subreddit. And oh, they could download ooh. it, and then they wouldn't have to email you and add to your 150,000 unread emails. Would I need a computer <laughs> to do that? <clears throat> no, you can do it from your phone. A phone, a flip phone. I actually <laughs> yes, prefer Reddit your... on the phone than I do on the computer. It just looks better on the phone. That, the app's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I have a it flip nice iPhone. App. I have the first one. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Wait, you guys want to see something right. funny? I know you guys will like this. Look, look what I got. Oh my goodness! Look at all those phones. He's just got a pile <laughs> of phones, all working. It's so funny. You just go, "Oh my goodness!" I have, <laughs> I have three. I have three iPhone sixes. Actually, one's a seven. Let me see. Let me see which one's working. Anybody oh, who wants a free is, iPhone? Just email Jimmy at. I want to bring this phone in the Jimmy other. This phone just started acting really kooky on me, and I said, "Before I lose everything, let me just go get it fixed." And I brought it in, and they're like, "Oh, you could trade it in." And they're like, "Oh wait, the camera's broken. Oh wait, the front's broken. Oh wait, the body's bent." They're like, "No money." So they said, "You just see, they could just get a." They said they'll give me a new one for this, or I could just buy a new one with more space, and that's what I did. And then this is my backup phone. So I have a backup phone that I've always had. Okay, well, can can I ask why you have a backup phone? Because I know it's and you've had it for a long time, but I'm just never really understood why. Because when I lose my main phone, I go to my backup phone and I call my main phone and I find it under my pillow. So there are two separate numbers? Yep. And it's specifically so I could find the one I use most often. Why don't you get Taylor to do the find your iPhone thing so you can find it? I do that with my wife every single day. She loses her phone every single day. And I have the find my iPhone app on my screen so that I can quickly get to it. We have it too. We to have find, find it. Phone. So what we both do is we both look on each other's phone for all the other phone. And they're both so why do you always, need a backup phone? Because it's usually like two feet away from me and I can't find it. So I need a phone to call it. And Taylor doesn't always have a phone either. She she leaves her phone everywhere. Like when I call so Taylor and she actually picks up, I'm like, oh my God, you have your phone. I figured okay. I'd hear it ring under my seat. Here's what you do. You buy another iPhone. <laughs> And then you epoxy it to the wall of your house so nobody can take it anywhere. <laughs> and the only purpose it has is to press find my iPhone to find everybody's. Well, you know this we is going to blow up Reddit. <laughs> you know what we have? Find friends. You know find, You know where it says find friends? You know, it says yeah. like the little app with the three people holding hands. So I have that with a couple of my friends. I, I, I have it with Taylor. I have it with Willie. And Taylor always calls me from the house phone and says, could you look on find friends and see where my phone is? And 
the last three times it's been in her Jeep. She's like, I've looked. I can't find it. I'm like, I'm looking hmm. at the map of the house and the dot is away from the house. It's not in the house. The dot's like five feet away from the house. And so she'll go outside. She's like, oh, yep, I found it under the floor mat or it was in the back or whatever. But so we use that find friends thing all the time. The other day, she, I was driving home and she called me from the house and she's like, I, I was already halfway home. She goes, can you please make sure that my phone is not in your car? So I waited for the thing to load. I said to Willie, I'm like, we're about to drive 70 miles backwards. And as the thing squirreled and slowly loaded, the dot showed up in the driveway. I was like, the phone is at the house in the driveway somewhere. I was afraid the dot was going to show up on my car where I was parked at the rest stop. Mm. Then I would have had to mm. turn around and bring back a phone. But yeah, yeah, no, I, this is my old phone number. So every once in a while I go in here and I open it up and I see friends from my, my hometown are calling me on this phone number or they're leaving me messages. I have ah. calls forwarded to this number now. So old friends text me on this phone. And if they just actually call me on this old number, it forwards to this number. So I get old school text messages on this. <laughs> this phone number, believe it or not, this old phone number was my car phone when I had Sprint car phone. Wow. In wow. the early 90s. So this is my – and then like when I first had this number, they changed the law where you – you get to keep your number. Remember, like, there was always, like, a big yeah. thing in the early 90s. You get to keep your number. So that is my old car phone number. That was the very first cell phone number I was ever issued. And then this is the second cell phone I was ever issued. When I got an iPhone, I was too afraid. I think that I liked the iPhone. So I got an iPhone with a new phone number whenever that was 10 years ago. And so this is my, my second number. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean this in a negative way. But that plays perfectly into how your shop is. Oh, I know. Because I know you got like a bandsaw and then you're like, well, I might get another bandsaw, but I don't really want to get rid of the old one. So I'm just going to keep both of them. <laughs> and I'm going to use this one for this and this one for this. Yeah. It's so funny that you do cell phones the same way. So now I could turn on a third number because this phone is just, it's just act wacky, but it'll work. <laughs> oh, I love you. Uh, yeah. I pay yep. for, for five cell phone numbers. That's a long story. That's been actually... <laughs> I hope you get okay. a good family plan. <laughs> I have two yeah. family plans on two carriers. Oh my goodness. Oh Jimmy. man. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's wrap it up before my head explodes. Uh, I love iPhones. Uh, yeah. That's it for this one, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. See you guys later. This far, I guess. I guess I'm. Oh, I don't know. I can always improve myself. <laughs> love you.